You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Our life should resemble this, the newness in Christ, because Christ now lives in our life, and we are one with Christ. People should see that. The angels told the apostles to go and tell about this life. This is the pattern of our lives. We have been set free with a purpose. We've been set free from bondage with a purpose. We've been set free to proclaim all the words of this life, this Christian life that we're living. We haven't been set free for our own pleasure. We haven't been set free for our own comfort. We've been set free with a purpose. You have been set free from bondage to help others be freed from bondage. In today's message from Pastor Dave, he teaches that your freedom in Christ is not for your own pleasure or comfort. Your freedom comes with a purpose of declaring your freedom to others. Tell others of the new life that's found in Christ. And here's Pastor Dave in the book of Acts chapter 5 as he continues his message, Freedom with a Purpose. You are Sadducees were angry because they were getting all the attention. The apostles were getting the attention. They were angry and jealous because of all the power that the apostles received to heal these people. And they couldn't deny the healings were from God. They were angry because the new church was dipping into the coffers of the temple and they were losing money. Remember? The new church was selling all their possessions and they were giving to everyone as had need. They were doing their own thing. And the coffers in the temple weren't as full as they used to be, which means the pockets of the Pharisees were not as bulgy as they used to be. They were having to survive on less than usual. And they didn't like that. They were angry. The new church was supporting itself. The Sadducees were losing control over the people because the people were being set free from the bondage that they'd been placed under, the bondage of the law, the bondage of man's tradition. They were being set free from this, just like the caterpillar breaking out of the cocoon breaking out of the cocoon and flying forth without the butterfly. These new believers had a freedom that they had never experienced under the law. They had a newness of life that they never knew. They never knew. They've been reborn. The metamorphosis has taken place. You remember these guys? You remember these apostles that they're talking about? You know the ones that when Jesus was being persecuted and taken to the cross, where were they? Hiding? They were out somewhere hiding. Oh, geez, they're going to get us. They're going to take us too. Only one went to the cross with Jesus, the apostle John. One denied him three times to his face. And the rest of them were running scared. A metamorphosis has taken place. Their lives have changed. Their lives have changed because the Holy Spirit has come upon their lives. The Holy Spirit came upon their lives with power. And that made the difference in everything. The Holy Spirit was the one that freed them. That freed them into this new life that they were now given. And they were experiencing this new life. And they were going, wow. I'm sure that when they saw people heal, when they saw unclean spirits being cast out, I'm sure when they saw that, they themselves were amazed. They're like, whoa, did you see what just happened? I mean, I'm sure they were really, they were really amazed. They didn't, couldn't believe that's was happening. What a great place to be. But everything that was happening here made the religious leaders insanely jealous, insanely mad, and they were filled with indignation. I see the same indignation today with the religious community. I see that. Priests and pastors alike 
look down their head, they look down their noses at these various movements of God because they're threatened. They're threatened because these various movements, people are attending and people are learning about God. They're becoming stronger and they're being freed and they're no longer under the control of a man. They're no longer in control of a church that wants to control every move they make. They're under the control of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit makes you free. You are free in Him. And on this day that we celebrate freedom, it's not the 4th of July, but we celebrate those that gave their lives for freedom. We need to remember that we are free in Christ. And there's a freedom that money can't buy. There's a freedom that nothing can give. It's a freedom that only comes by worshiping and loving and accepting a true and living God. Jesus Christ, the righteous, he makes us free by believing in him. They look down, these, these religious organizations look down, and they rail at these people. They rail at these new movements of the Spirit. And they say, how can this be? You're not trained. You didn't go to seminary. You don't have degrees. You don't have this. You don't have that. And they look their nose down on there. But the Spirit of God continues to move. You can't stop the Spirit of God. You cannot hold it back. Yeah, thank God for that is right. You can't stop the Spirit of God. Spirit's going to move. It's going to do what it just came here to do. God's working mightily in the ministries, and people are being saved. People are becoming to a, into a deeper and better relationship with Him. People are studying the Word of God, and they're becoming more powers being released in their lives. We've seen healings in this church. We've seen people's lives change here in this church only by the power of God through the Holy Spirit. That's what makes the difference, people being set free. The Word of God is being released, and there's a great unity and people are united. Different people from all different parts of life are united in one, Jesus Christ. And we share a common blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's deeper and thicker than any blood you could have with any relative or any brother or sister. It's thicker and deeper than that. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. But we, these religious communities are angered and are filled with indignation. You know, we can always expect this from the religious establishment. And I've said before, I don't believe it's a competition. I don't believe I'm in competition with anybody. I thought we were all here to do the same thing, preach the Word of God and celebrate Jesus Christ. I thought that's why we were here. I don't feel like I'm in competition with anyone. I don't look for status. I don't look for numbers. I look for God. I look for Jesus Christ to be glorified. I look for changed lives because we're following the one true living God. I look for that. That's the fruit that I'm looking for. Instead, we're chomping at each other and there's discord. There's disharmony. You know, we're told, instead of walking in disharmony, we're told to walk worthy, keeping the unity of spirit and the bond of peace. In Ephesians 4, verses 1 to 6, the Apostle Paul said this, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of your calling, which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. There should be unity in the church, the entire church. Not unity in any specific church, but as an entire group, the bride of Christ, there should be unity. We should share a unity, but we don't. We shouldn't think of ourselves as better. We have a better thing than you do. We have a better plan than you do. We should bear each other in love, seeking with gentleness and lowliness, long-suffering, keeping the unity. We can accept, we can love, and we can feel free to fellowship anyone from any denomination or anywhere who claims Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. On that common basis, we can fellowship with that person, and Christ can be glorified. But these religious leaders that we're talking about today, this ruling body, these Sadducees, they were so angry at the apostles 
that they arrested them. This time, they arrested all of them, not just Peter and John, all of them. Look in verse 18. And they laid their hands on the apostles and put them into a common prison. This time, the apostles were locked up in a common prison instead of the jail within the temple, like back in Acts 4.3. This time, it was a common prison. And I believe that this was a strategic move. This was a strategic move on the part of the ruling leaders. They did this because they tried to scare the apostles by putting them into this place. I mean, after all, this was a Rikers Island. This wasn't a county jail or your local federal jail. This was like a real tough place where common criminals were. I'm sure that this was not a nice place. You know, there's nothing mentioned here of what happened in the jail. There's nothing mentioned at all about what happened when the apostles there. But you've got to think that someone got saved. I mean, after all, they had a captive audience. No pun. You've got to think someone was saved. You've got to think something happened there, right? But it doesn't say. But they weren't there long. Maybe that's why nothing happened. They weren't there that long because the Lord had other plans for these guys. In verse 19, it says, But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out. This was easy for God to arrange. In Hebrews 1.14, we hear that angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who inherit salvation. God sends one of his angels there to minister to these apostles. Opening locked doors, nothing for God. Nothing for God. When a door slams, God can open it. God opens doors that no man can open. He closed doors that no man can shut. We just got to let them do it. We got to let them do those in our lives. We have been held prisoners. We are prisoners in our bondage. We are prisoners in the bondage of sins. Our sinful lives have kept us in prisons and have made us captive. But we've been set free by the power of Jesus Christ. We have been freed from sin, free from the bondage that's enslaved us, just like these apostles. We have been set free. The chains have been taken off, and we are no longer held captive. But there was a purpose to the freedom of these apostles. There was a purpose. They were set free with a purpose. And basically, if you haven't gathered it yet, that's the title of today's message. Freedom with a purpose. Freedom with a purpose. These apostles were given a command. They were told to do something. They were set free, and they were told to do something. Look at verse 20. It says, Go, stand in the temple, and speak to the people all the words of this life. The Lord freed them from themselves. After he freed them, the angel didn't say, Now get out of Jerusalem and run for the hills. Go someplace and hide. Get out. Run for your lives. They didn't say that. Instead, he said, Go back to the butcher shop. Go back into the crowd. Go back where you got arrested. Go back and do these things. He says, Don't run away. The Lord tells the apostles that I want you to tell everybody about this Christian life. I want you to tell everybody about the new life that you have in Christ. This is pretty cool. The angel didn't say, now go tell everybody about your religion. He didn't say that. He didn't say, go tell everybody about your religion. He didn't say that at all. He said, go tell everybody about Christ. He said, go tell everybody about the newness that you have in Jesus Christ. You know, so many people think that becoming a Christian is becoming a member of the club. And they don't understand that becoming a Christian is a change of a lifestyle because of change that incurs in us, the new nature received when we're born again. It's a metamorphosis. Go back to the caterpillar, lal in the cocoon. He's resting and he's growing in this new creation, the butterfly. When you see this butterfly, there is absolutely no sign of the caterpillar. There's no sign of the caterpillar at all. All you see is this butterfly. Can you say that in your life now that you're a Christian? Has the metamorphosis taken place that there is no sign of your old life? Oh, I wish I could say that. I so wish that I could say my old life is completely gone. But if I said that, you'd have to drag me out of here and beat me up for lying. 
My old life exists from time to time. My old flesh rears its ugly head. My old flesh comes around going, hey, Dave, remember me? It's still there, and I try to rid it of it day by day, hour by hour. And how do I rid myself of it? On my face before God, purging my sin, purging myself from all uncleanliness. I'm on my face before a holy God saying, God, I can't rid this of me, but you can. Help me to do this. And I get up and I say, thanks, Lord. This is exciting. And I run out and trip, fall right back on my nose again. And what do I do? Well, I have a couple choices. I can get up and go, oh, God doesn't love me. I'll never change. I'm going to be bad. I think I'll go out and eat dirt, eat worms. No, I go right back on my face to a holy God, right back and get in contact with him, right back there. And what does he do? Cleans me up, brushes me off and says, I love you. Get up. Now go. Go back into the temple. Go back and tell him about this life that I've given you, this new life. It's cool. It's neat. People need to see the new life. People need to see. Our lives should resemble this, the newness in Christ, because Christ now lives in our life, and we are one with Christ. People should see that. The angels told the apostles to go and tell about this life. Isn't this the pattern of our lives? We have been set free with a purpose. We've been set free from bondage with a purpose. We've been set free to proclaim all the words of this life, this Christian life that we're living. We haven't been set free for our own pleasure. We haven't been set free for our own comfort. We've been set free with a purpose. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. We need to tell people about this abundant life, this victorious life we have in Jesus Christ. Do you know that you now have a choice? You don't have to sin. There's a choice now. Before I knew Christ, I didn't have a choice. I sinned all the time without a choice. But Christ comes, I have a choice now. I didn't even know there was a choice. This abundant life that's available. I mean, isn't that what the Bible is about? Life? The Bible is about life, giving life. We have that life. You know, most people say, you know, the Bible's great and all. It's a good starting point, but I need more. I need motivational techniques. I need educational tools. I need resources that weren't available when these people wrote the Bible. We need to look at psychology and we need to look at emotionality. What does our emotions say? Not according to this word, we don't. The Apostle Peter, one of the guys who's being arrested right now, one of the guys who's in trouble with the Sadducees, wrote this in his second epistle. In chapter 1, verse 3, As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given to us great and precious promises, exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. He's saying we've been given all things for life in godliness. All things for life in godliness. This is our self-help book. You don't need to go to the store and look at all these different books on how to do this, how to do that. No, how to have better esteem, how to look this. Even in Christian stores, there's all these self-help books. We have the self-help book. We have it. We need to use it, and we need to read it. As we finish up this section, we see in verse 21, it says, And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. The high priest and those with him came and called the council together with the elders and the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. Boy, are they in for a big surprise when they get to the prison. What I'm looking at here is what boldness. What boldness these guys are showing. If they had fear... It wasn't shown. It's not recorded, which means I don't believe there was much fear there. You know, I think I've said this before, but I'll repeat it. Someone asked Elizabeth Elliot when she was on her way back to the tribe and, and tried to give the gospel to the tribe of Indians 
that killed her husband, that were responsible for killing her husband? Weren't you afraid? Her answer was, there's no fear in the Holy Spirit. There's no fear when you're walking in the Holy Spirit. That's scriptural. 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In Hebrews 13.6, the writer says, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Wow. These men never wavered in their faith. They just obeyed what they're told. Early the next morning, they were right back in the midst of the temple, teaching. Notice it doesn't say that when they went into the temple, they said, well, you know what? We're going to go into the temple when we have a chance. Let's go in at noon when it's not so crowded. Now, let's wait a while. Let's let this sink in until the right time comes. No, it says they were given the command the night before, and the very next morning, they went to the temple. How many of us received commands from the Lord to do this or to go say that? You might be sitting at a Bible study. You might be sitting at a church service. You may be sitting here today and the Lord's telling you to go and do something. He wants to know, are you going to do it? Or are you going to say, eh, I'll do it uh, when the time's right? Well, maybe the time is right. That's why he's telling you to do it now. Maybe the time is right, but too many of us don't want to share the word, don't want to share the gospel. I'm a little timid. I'm waiting for the perfect time. You know, that's like being out of work for Years and years and years and years being offered all these jobs and holding out for a management position. You know, the Lord gives you something to do. It's time to do it. It's time to step out in faith and do it. Because if he's giving you something to do, he's giving you the power to do it. Timid or afraid. There was a wealthy inventor, and he wrote this. I don't even know his name, but he wrote this. Without exception, after I invented something and patented it, at least 10 men came to me and said, I thought of that a long time ago. But the difference between their poverty and my wealthy this is that they thought about it, I did it. You can have a word from the Lord telling you to go and do, and you can think about it, and you can think about it, and you can think about it, and you can think about it. Where is your spirituality? Your spirituality will not grow, you will not blossom until you take that step and go back into the temple and tell them about your life. Your spirituality will not grow. They remain poor because they can't get out of this this thinking about it. We're told to be doers of the word, not hearers only. Don't let fear get in the way. Do what the Lord has called you to do. You don't know what that is? Well, maybe the Lord hasn't spoken to you. Time to hit your face on the floor. It's time to get you right with God, listen to him, give him that ear, and say, what do you want me to do, Lord? Here I am. Send me. And mean it. Clean up your life and mean it. And sit there before the Lord, and he will show you. And he will guide you through his Holy Spirit. There is no fear when the Spirit is leading. We're going to get to Acts 14 some millennium. In Acts 14, Paul is preaching the gospel in a town of Lystra, and he's telling them about the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, people, Jews and other men who've been following him, go to Lystra, and they stir up this crowd, and they actually stone Paul. They stone him for heresy, because he's speaking the gospel of Jesus Christ. They drag him out of the city, and they leave him there for dead. They think he's dead. Some scholars believe he did die. Doesn't say it, but they left him for dead. His friends, his buddies, they run out. They get him and they dust him up. He gets up. The first thing he says is, we got to get out of here and head for the hill. No. First thing he does is turn around, walk back into the city. You can read about it. When we get to chapter 14 of Acts, he turned around and walked right back into the city. My man, Paul. Yeah. Now there's fearlessness. There's knowing that the Holy Spirit has your back. There's knowing what we just read. What can man do to me? Well, he can kill me. Okay, and that's a bad thing because he'll be with Jesus. You'll be with the Lord. It's a win-win situation. Don't go with defeated. Don't go defeated. Some of you are having problems in your workplace because you're a Christian. 
they've put a fear in you. Some of you in your school and some of you even in our homes and our neighbors and our yards are having trouble because a fear has been placed in us. Don't be defeated. Go stand in the, mix and sp- in the midst of whatever's happening and speak the words of this life. There's a purpose to our freedom. We've been set free that we might be able to tell others about Jesus Christ. Just like the butterfly, we've been set free from bondage. We've been set free from the cocoon to produce and reproduce. What a contrast we see here between the apostles and these religious leaders who make up the council. The council was educated, ordained, and approved, yet their ministry lacked power. The apostles were ordinary laymen, yet God's power was at work in their lives. The council was trying desperately to protect themselves and their dead traditions, while the apostles were risking their lives to share the living word of God. The dynamic church was a new church, enjoying its new life in Christ, while the dead council was defending its old, dead, remaining dead lifestyle. That's what metamorphosis is all about. Bringing forth new life, changed life, different life, better life. You have this caterpillar lying dead in a cocoon and suddenly a butterfly breaks through. What a glorious picture of our new life in Christ. What once was dead is now alive. God has given us new life in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has given us the authority and the command to go and make up disciples. So God has given us new life through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has given us the authority in Matthew 28 to go and make disciples, and the Holy Spirit will give us the necessary power to do what He's called us to do. I see a trinity at work here, folks. The God hit three and one at work in our lives. Glorious picture. We've been given freedom, freedom with a purpose. Go and tell. Stand in the midst of people. Go proclaim the gospel message. I've got to ask some questions here. Are you living the abundant life that Christ talked about? Is the quality of our life categorized by inner peace, confidence, security, purposefulness, regardless of the circumstances? Are you plagued by anxiety, depression, lack of self-control, lack of motivation, negative thinking? There's nothing more exciting in life than knowing the creator of the universe who creates something from nothing. Learn how to listen to his voice and rest in his presence and see how he transforms you from dead to life. See how he transforms your life. You know, Jesus came to cut through all the clutter of religion. He came to cut through all the clutter of traditions and the things that we think we have to have in our lives. He cut through all that, and he came to give us life. Have you experienced metamorphosis in your life? Has your life been changed because of your relationship in Jesus Christ? Are you experiencing that new life in Christ, the victorious life? Or are you still left in bondage? Are you still being held captive in the cocoon? You're still there, trying maybe to get out the best way you can, and nobody will slip you a knife so you can cut your way out. You can experience new life today. Place your trust, place your hope, place your faith in the one whom God has sent, Jesus Christ, his only begotten son. Acknowledge the truth. Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of which I am the chief. Say that in yourself. Of which I am the chief. Of which I am the chief. Christ came to save sinners which I am chief. Accept the truth and be set free. If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. Now spread your wings and fly. You are Although our time is coming to a close for the day, you don't have to stop studying God's Word. We encourage all our listeners to spend time daily in the Bible, learning from the timeless text that your Creator has given you. If you'd like to listen to more of Pastor Dave's teachings from this series in Acts or explore messages from other books of the Bible, you can do so by visiting AssureHopeRadio.com. 
You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to have updated messages sent right to your computer or phone. If you'd like a CD copy of today's message, we'd be happy to send you one. Just give us a call at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. We're so blessed to be able to share God's Word with you with each new edition of Assure Hope. But we want to encourage you to find a local church to attend regularly as well. Being a part of the body of Christ gives you a place to learn and grow with other imperfect people while providing an outlet for your unique, God-given gifts. If you're in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you come by Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. for worship and Bible study, and childcare is available. We're excited to have you join us. For more information and to get directions, visit AssureHopeRadio.com. That brings us to the end of our program for today. Thanks for tuning in to Pastor Dave's study in the book of Acts today. And we hope you'll join us again right here on A Sure Hope.